Welcome back to another edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Um, today, we'll kind of jump in. We'll do, we'll weave in a little pop culture and sports uh, with a few uh, new and exciting headlines from the sports tech world, um, which is cool. So we're, we're heading into, you know, we're close to Super Bowl Sunday, which will be fun, I'll especially being out here in Los Angeles. So I wanted to start with football. I wanted to start with the news that kind of broke over the weekend. Adam Schefter's getting, you know, tweeted at that this he might have to retire. He got it all wrong, yada, yada. Brady ends up retiring yesterday, doing it his own way. It seemed like he wanted to um, kind of control the narrative there. I want to start is, is Brady the GOAT? I just had this conversation. We do like a – a fun cabin weekend with my uh, old IU baseball teammates. And so we got mm. in this argument and we were maybe a little intoxicated for it. So the argument maybe did, maybe wasn't hashed out as it should have been, but I wanted to start there. Is Brady, is Brady the best of all time? He's the best quarterback of all time. Is he the greatest uh, NFL player of all time? No, um, but he is the um, best quarterback uh, of all time. I think it's, I think he's the most accomplished, right? I, it's, it's hard for me knowing and you know, obviously what he did in Tampa was pretty remarkable the last couple of years, right? He led the league in touchdowns this year. The yards were crazy uh, winning the Super Bowl obviously last year, but I've always felt like from a talent perspective, Aaron Rodgers was better. Like he could just do more things on a football field than Tom Brady could, mm-hmm. but there's no, there's no arguing his accomplishments. There's no arguing his competitive nature and what he's been able to really just accomplish again, right? I'll use that word being a winner, right? The fact that when you win that many Super Bowls, you take a team like the Patriots who honestly like weren't good when we were younger, right? And all of a sudden he takes over for Drew Bledsoe and, you know, I mean, what, I think there's one stat he won, but 37% um, of the Super Bowls that he like could have participated in. That's a crazy stat, right? Like that's not even, Jordan can't even say that. So it's, um, again, I think he's the most accomplished, but I, I personally can't give him like, the best ever to play the position. So um, I originally was like that until stats don't lie. No, no, 28 to three still didn't matter to me like that. Um, But stats don't lie for what happened between, you know, Aaron Rodgers downfall. Cause I think Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the most talented or the most talented quarterback we've ever seen arm arm strength, uh, the way he's able to see the game, develop plays on the fly and get things done. But all that coupled um, together, he, he, you know, just getting it done hasn't always been the case. And can you have parallel teams where the talent is the same um, from an investment standpoint, from the outside in talking wide receivers to running backs, pretty similar between Brady's career at, except for the one team, obviously the Super Bowl team that was supposed to go undefeated and they didn't with Randy Moss, but kind of similar. And then you just see where the quarterback play comes out. And that is the separation that I think, you know, you put a nail in the coffin this past year, even though they lost to the Rams, he still orchestrated uh, along with Sean McVay, you know, calling terrible play calls or the offensive coordinator calling, you know, switching the game plan. 
I think it's undisputed at this point with the sample size of the the nature and how you play the game at quarterback and what you can do. Uh, and then obviously you get some Super Bowls that that are under his belt. So I think if you take Super Bowls out and just have the the gene of how how many drives can you bring down to win the game uh, to, to keep to progressing, keep progressing your team to that final game. Um, there's 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 no other person like it. So. I would love for it just to be six, like Matt Ryan said, instead of seven Super Bowls. But uh, I, I think he he takes the nod for the best at the position ever. Not the most talented, but the best at the position. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's – I don't know. Actually, I don't know about that. Because I felt like Peyton Manning actually mastered playing quarterback better than Tom Brady. But again uh... – Peyton Manning's teams didn't win, right? That's why that's why I go back to the accomplishment for, right? Like I think if we're talking mas- mastery of like playing quarterback, Peyton Manning is it, right? Like Peyton yeah. Manning is uh-huh. what you want as a quarterback. Again, to your point, talent-wise, I mean Patty Mahomes will probably sur- like will surpass Aaron Rodgers in talent because of, you know, you gotta wait, you gotta let Patrick Mahomes play for like a decade. But to me, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented. So that's why. That's why I say Brady is the most accomplished, right? It's I've have seen all these like random uh, things on Twitter. Like, is he the best? Is he the uh, the most goaded athlete of all time? Like all this other stuff. Like, no. I mean, he's amazing. Don't I want to take don't want to take that away from him and like what he's been able to accomplish. The, I saw Randy Moss's tweet about him or, or kind of like you know thing about his retirement, like taking the chip off the shoulder. Like he's he's driven by something that it's so hard to find in like athletes, right? He's so intrinsically motivated. Um, but I just, again, I think Peyton Manning mastered the quarterback position better than he did. And I think Aaron Rodgers is more talented, but I think Brady's going to go down as the, as the most accomplished. And then that's, I think that's where we should, that's where we should kind of put him on the pedestal. Hey, fair enough. We started off with Brady too, because um, this, this is how we're going to weave in sports tech today. His NFT company, actually, uh, Autograph, which he co-founded, um, closed a $170 million Series B round, which is led by Andreessen and Horowitz and Kleiner Perkins, with participation from Katie Hahn's new fund, uh, new fund, excuse me, and Lightspeed partner Nicole Quinn. Uh, so Autograph um, really develops these NFT series. They've done one for Derek Jeter, some of Biles. Uh, Naomi Osaka as well. Um, so it looks like they're going to use this funding to do more uh, NFT drops and definitely exclusive ones. Obviously Tom Brady will have one coming out as well. And I assume they start to pick out uh, and choose bigger and different athletes that they can develop the NFTs around. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of YouTube and this is just coming off the cuff. It's never good when someone starts off. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. I've been doing I've been doing my personal research. Let me put my uh, Aaron Rodgers yep. voice on. I've been there doing my own personal research and yep. you know, in my research, I don't know why people look down on the research that you do personally because I've I've spent countless hours, maybe 2 hours, but enough that puts me on a PhD level to understand that I don't understand NFTs. And <laughs> the value that like what board monkey just sold for 1.2 uh mil i think beaver bought it did you shoot me that yeah. note so, yeah board ape yeah board ape um everybody's doing doing the nft and obviously i understand where the value can come from and it's a new way of doing art um 
the digital aspect of the art though with no physical capabilities de- depending on what the project is because uh, some do have physical aspects to their nft um which then you have that that shared digital key, that id unique idq and then also a piece of the, the physical art uh I, I think it's the right time if you have the capital to throw an nft out if you have the capital and you have the buzz because people are just going to gobble it up as if the value's there but we just have to see from the likes of you know brady's a, a very famous name obviously but uh everybody else is, else is kind of pumping it out is there actually going to be an roi from this investment like is it going to how like how is the value what determines the value for this to keep mm-hmm. going up and obviously right now nfts like money worth are worth something because we're saying that they're worth something um and are people really i don't even know if it's that it's really more fomo to me a lot a lot of nft nft values coming from fomo and then that's yeah. driving value uh, but good for him. I mean, he's gone in the crypto space, obviously, um, that we, we saw the story with the, the fan who in the most idiotic move ever gave the 600th touchdown pass back without actually going through, um, mm-hmm. negotiations, which was stupid. And that's, we already talked about that one. So good for him. Uh, NFTs right now, just depending on the Avenue, uh, I'm a little, I'm a little wary of a few of them. Of course. I think you have to understand where the project is coming from. You're talking about, I think you're, I think there's two things you're talking about, like making actual money off of it. Right. So I think you have to understand who's doing the project, where it's coming from, like who's backing it. Um, and yeah. And, and then obviously to your point, there's definitely some market man- manipulation, excuse me, that goes on with this. Mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, like if celebrities are buying it, it's also going to drive up the value of it. So sports NFTs feel like an easy one to kind of be involved in, right? We've seen NBA Top Shot kind of go up and go down, and they're starting to like kind of come back a little bit again. Um, but I think just in general, what's weird is like people are people have, haven't bought art in this type of way ever, right? But now all of a sudden it's like, well, I can buy this digital art and then I can have it for when the metaverse comes and like all this other stuff. Like it just, it gets really jumbled to your point. I think it's, I truly just think it's like, if you have the disposable income and you feel like you want to find the right project, finding the right project and then finding something that fits, you know, your balance sheet. And then hopefully it takes off in the right way so you can make some money. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to hit, let's talk baseball a little bit. Um, because I actually let's start on this. I want to start here because I've been very upset with some of the things I think Barry Bonds was my favorite outside of like Derek Jeter and Andrew Jones. Barry Bonds was like the guy, right? You can see the jersey behind me. I actually wore 25 in Indiana for my first couple of years. And I'm I've I'm also I'm I think I'm just dumbfounded by the response that Barry Bonds has received here and how he and Roger Clemens are being held up as really the poster boys of the steroid era. Right. And right. I think it happens in anything, right. We don't think about like the league or the owners and things like that. I think it's changing a little bit just with ownership and like the influence and power that players have, but it seems crazy to me that these two players who were already the best really at their position and, you know, we're, we're going into that position of like being considered some of the best of all time. 
all like might have, right? Barry Bonds nor Roger Clemens tested positive, but just by the eye test, it seems like maybe they were on something. Okay, all good. But that doesn't account for the fact that they were playing against people that were also using, right? Because that era wasn't uh, policed by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball also profited off of the steroid era, right? Like the 98 summer, I tweeted this, the 98 summer brings so many fans back to baseball, right? And that's with two guys that juice, right? Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Without the 98 summer, baseball, and we I know base, we talk about it all the time on this on this podcast, baseball's in a weird place now, but like at the time, baseball had really fallen off because of the 94 strike, right? So that brings back all these fans. And then they're like, all right, well, let's capitalize off of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Then as they realize that they're capitalizing off of it, they're like, well, maybe we should check into this. So they do the anonymous testing, right? Which David Ortiz, and I'm not trying to come at Big Poppy, right? I love, I love what big what he's I mean, what David Ortiz did in his career was absolutely unbelievable. But you can't take away the fact that in 2001, when that anonymous testing came out, that he was on the list, right? He tested positive for whatever they were testing at that time. So it's crazy to me, right? And sorry, I was about to let me. I'll, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. I was gonna make the joke of, but it doesn't work for plausible deniability from Independence Day. But yeah, he, he somehow he's reimaged himself to everybody forgetting he took steroids or tested yeah, positive. Well, he he does. He re, he he has this larger than life personality. Great for him, right? He also is the postseason hero for the Red Sox. He changes all of their fortunes, right, with everything he did in in the 04 series. But Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are the best – Barry Bonds is the best player I've ever seen in my life. Roger Clemens is one of the best pitchers. You can argue maybe Pedro or Greg Maddox are better, right, in, in this era. But to put them as the poster boys of this and to keep them out of the Hall of Fame seems crazy to me, right? I saw this article by Doug Glanville, and it, like, made me I, – I mean, I read it as I was, like, in an Uber, so I was a little – like, you, you know, you're bouncing around. I was, like, just coming off the flight – and I read it, and I was like, on one side, right, if I was a player during that era, I'd be pissed off that certain guys that maybe weren't as good as me took performance-enhancing drugs and then got bigger contracts or stayed around in the league longer. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. It's definitely tough. But to point the sole finger at these two guys and to keep them out of the hall, which the Hall of Fame is a, it's a museum, right? It's a track record of what the game has produced is, I mean – a, it's a travesty really in, in, in a lot of ways, right? That we've gone, that people have this like holier than holy morality about themselves, that these two guys are like bad people and that they we should keep them out all because they were assholes, to be honest with you, right? To your point, David Ortiz is like a nice guy and he was nice mm-hmm. to the media and good in interviews, right? Mm-hmm. And Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens could give two shits about that. And they were the best players at the time. And they knew that too, especially Barry, right? Yeah. And now they're not in the Hall of Fame, and I think that's ridiculous. I think it's, it's a bunch of hypocrisy. I, I mean, you live through life, and to parallel that to regular people life, because not everybody's a professional athlete, but we all are professionals in different sense, whether, whether if you're a blue-collar worker, white-collar worker, but we all had to go through one thing. Um, majority of us all had to go through one thing, and that's called high school. And in high school, there are people out here cheating. And there was a group of people out here cheating. And inside that group, there were people that did better than others that were cheating off the same things that we we're all supposed to be cheating off, uh, cheating with. And then the people that did worse and those that were cheating with them and that did better get jealous with those people. And they are hating. 
And then they want to low key tell people that I, I was cheating too. But so and so over here getting consecutive hundreds. I don't know what they're doing. I'm looking down on them. But you mad because you didn't cheat well enough like everybody else. Because at the end of the day, even if you have a performance enhancer or something else to boost you, you have to be able to be efficient and skilled within your certain um, craft, so to speak. Not everybody can juice up and start swinging a bat and start hitting home runs. There is a certain craft and skill that you have to be able to hone and be able to be a master at to be good with it. Now, does that help for an endurance sake? That, that, that's a whole nother uh, conversation. But like you're saying, for them to, to, to be the poster child of an era of everybody doing it and them flourishing and Bonds was already on track to hit home runs and be as productive and as dominant as he was anyways, because he can just flat out swing. It is a travesty for baseball because when everybody's cheating, you let one person in, you start off the hall speech by saying we're uh, the soul or this person or uh, this person demonstrated integrity. And they, they purposefully use the word integrity with. So when you heard that, that eliminated Four people immediately. And then you let David Ortiz in and he did test positive when actually Barry never tested positive for anything. He just it's just the shakes. It's just the juice. It's what his trainer gave him. My head did, you know, go up to two sizes. I'm now wearing a size 10 hat, but it is what it is. He didn't test positive on record. So in an era when everyone was cheating and the hypocrisy that's out there for how those were looked at. And then also the hating by those that were cheating, but just didn't do as well. And um, it's a sad day for baseball because when you could have had a positive end with the amount of buzz, people were actually talking about baseball in the offseason. You never get that, especially usually the announcement for the hall comes and goes and then people find out in the New York Times or open up the paper the next day. These are the people that were let in. Not the night of, not people literally tuning in at six o'clock to get the name drop. So the MLB, uh, it's not, well, the Writers Association, um, I've always thought that a lot of people don't deserve to have uh, votes on that. And I still stand by that. And now you have to sit here and let Barry get into the hall through the veterans. So uh, it's a shame the writers wouldn't have done it. They should have. And eh, it is what it is. Strikes happening. Sterling, you're warming up. You got your, you got your jersey behind you. You got your bat warmed up. Trying to get that uh, rookie minimum. Listen, I said if it's a replacement type thing, I'll be I'll be Keanu Reeves all day. You know, I think I can go. You know, I'm in I'm in pretty not good shape, but I you know I can get in shape pretty quickly. Okay, I like that. I like that. So we went to baseball. It's interesting too because we had this conversation over the weekend with some friends, and I did. Excuse me. Um, Participation, especially by black athletes in baseball, has really dwindled here. And there's a cool way, I think. One of the one of the reasons for that is access and coaching and things like that. So I saw this app. This app we actually highlighted on um, on Sports Atlanta podcast here about a year ago. Um, it's called Mustard. It was developed by uh, Tom House and Jason Goldsmith. Um, I want to read this quote here from the TechCrunch article, which I think is really good, and I'll explain some of the, the uh, features here of it as well as their funding around lately. But they said, you know, there are probably 10,000 Nolan Ryans in the world that will never play baseball. The problem is so many youth simply don't have access to proper coaching. And that's especially resonating when you're talking about 
Um, you know, a lot of the, the the black youth out there, they just don't, don't have access to the coaching. So this is a great way for those who want to participate in baseball, want to get into it. Uh, I want to find their footing when you don't have the, the access to proper coaching or, or those around you. So um, Mustard is a training platform um, that really kind of allow, allows your iPhone to be able to kind of be, be your coach essentially, right, and give you biometric scans of your body positioning and, and the things you need to do to be able to be better at baseball. Baseball is such a technical sport. Uh, this is a great training platform for that. So they just announced, they being Mustard, just announced a $3.7 million funding round. It was led by Lake Nona Sports and Health Tech Fund. Um, there are also participation from Mark Cuban, Ronnie Lott, Justin Rose, Major League Soccer Players Association, and the Women's uh, National Soccer T Team Players Association, uh, which is really, really cool. So, again, check this out. Great platform if you're trying to get into baseball, if you're young, or if you just want to, like, have a, a different set of eyes, essentially, of seeing how, um, you know, how your mechanics are, how you're looking, especially kind of compared to some of the metrics that they already have kind of preloaded um, from some of their athletes in there. Last story. This is strictly sports tech here. We'll probably weave in a couple random things here, but I saw this one. This one uh, comes from Mojo. This was actually at over at CES. So this is about a month ago, um, but Mojo vision, uh, which is a Saratoga, California based invisible computing company. Um, they've essentially adopted and created these augmented reality contact lenses to work with sports and fitness applications. So, so they just raised $45 million um, in a new seed round, which is incredibly cool here. But one of the videos I saw actually was this girl, she's playing basketball, you know, like out on the blacktops and she's got the contact lens in and she kind of is able to look up and there's like a, a virtual like, um, a virtual like shot clock and timer. And I started thinking about myself when I was younger, when you would go out in the, in the, you know, in your yard and what would you do? Right. You would like take the ball, especially when, you know, Jordan was like, you know, hitting all these game winners and you would just sit there and you'd like count down like 10, nine, eight. Right. And you try to hit your own game winners. And I just thought about the, just the amount of applications, not even for, you know, top athletes, but for casual athletes too, to have something like this with these augmented reality contact lenses, which I thought was really cool. So uh, that's why I brought that in here. Taylor, what'd you think about this one? No, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's, just, you know, the first thing that it reminded me of was um, the Black Mirror episode when the guy went and tested mm. out the, the like little headset. I forgot what the episode was called. Um, no, there's two of them. I think there's one that's like really messed up, where the guy like finds out his wife's cheating on him. Because yeah, like, that one, that there. one, you had like the eye, the ocu that was ocular. Like in the other one, like the guy went into. I'm thinking of the one where he went in and uh, he was doing the test for that uh, that company, and like people were like coming up missing. Whoever was you know was working with yeah. that company doing the testing, and he ended up dying. But like all the AR that he had when he was like looking up and looking around. Uh, so that was the first thing I thought about. And so it's kind of one step closer to, to that reality, which is a little scary in a sense, but, um, also really cool for the opportunities and what you, what you're able to do with it. I can't put a contact lens in. I'm not going to put a contact lens in because I just can't, if it's obviously with the glasses, I can do that. I can't wear contacts. You see, you're, you're cocking your head because you wear contacts. I don't wear contacts. I just can't do that. 
Yeah, well, why was, couldn't you? That doesn't. Why? What? What is prohibiting you from putting contacts in? Me. Yes, I my, contacts, me. What is, what is stopping me. you? It is just literally me. My hand to. I don't even know if that's literally hand-eye coordination. I wouldn't be able to do it. The feeling's all weird. I just, it's, it's not. It's not for me. I'm not a. I'm not a CIA agent. I'm not a spy. I'm not out here be, trying to be 007 with my little with my with, with my uh, video camera and my and my contact lens. I don't need all that. I'm not Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible. No, just give it to me in glasses. But I love everything about it. It's just the application ain't for everyone like myself, and that's where the biggest problem comes in. But being able to look around and see whatever is programmed, uh, whatever program that you're working with is is pretty dope. Um, it's just, it's just the contact lens for me. I can't I can't put in context because I've never put in context. Yeah, I mean it is definitely interesting. Maybe they will develop glasses at some point, so they are going to be Mojo is uh, using this, excuse me, using their contact lens to find unique ways to improve access to data and enhance athletes' performance during sporting activities. Uh, they think, as many of us do in the sports technology world, that wearables will continue to improve here. Um, so they're looking at this for like cyclists, gym users, golfers, um, really to improve hand-eye coordination, but also the eye control user interface, kind of what I just talked about, being able to like see a shot clock, you know, when it's not there actually. So um, nah, incredibly. You know, what, you know what somebody did? Somebody watched her and was like, we need to have that scene in real life. What? What's her? Oh, that was a deep movie reference for you. You didn't get that one. The Scarlett Johansson AI movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin, 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 Joaquin Phoenix. Why did you say his name eight different times? Because that's it. You can. It's Joaquin. It's Joaquin. It's Joaquin. I think I do remember that movie now. So in the scene with, so if you haven't seen the movie, her amazing movie, but also a little bit depressing. It's a guy that uh, basically is uh, by himself now, lost his significant other or partner. Uh, just a separation. And he turns to AI to have his companionship and counterpart and is the voice of none other than the Black Widow herself, Scarlett Johansson. And it's an AI piece that goes into the ear. And there's a scene in the movie where she orders him an eyepiece so that he can have virtual sexual relations with her as she orders in a, uh, let's say, a, a, uh, a, 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 a sexual worker I was, I was i was trying to frame this correctly and that person comes in and the ai overlaps itself right. over the over right. Right. <laughs> order the prostitute sterling it was a prostitute okay it was a prostitute <laughs> order the prostitute prostitute comes to the house and uh the that ai word, i don't think that that word changes anything on like <laughs> okay i was trying to be more tactful with it some people don't like to to have the uh, that that type of imagery or that word just thrown a dust upon them i don't know i was trying, I was trying to for the ears out there still you never know how people look look and, and listen uh but it then uh what the a the, the virtual reality piece um ends up overlapping over the prostitute so it was like he was having sex with um his ai piece because she was in his ear so heck of a scene wild and um actually i might be a little bit wrong with the eyepiece part but i think that is correct i would say your analogy is interesting but i feel like different than what mojo lens is trying to do oh no mojo's doing it next thing you know they're gonna come out with the earpiece i'm telling you right now sterling it's gonna be it's gonna say it's gonna it can 
it can sync with your iPhone headphones. It's going to be the next thing they see, say, and then boom, now you're there. So, and then that 100% would confirm someone was watching her and was like, we need to make those capabilities. I'm not going to disagree with you. I need to, I think I need to rewatch that movie. I think, I don't think it was that good of a movie, but I need to rewatch it. Great movie. Great movie. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you were. Uh, well, no, anything with Scar Jerry. I'm, I'm a fan. So it's more the reality that when we get to the future, how alone we really are, Ooh. even though we're in a sea of people. I know I just got deep with you right there. We might be around people, but we're not connected. We're only connected with the AI. Because, like Common said, with AI, anything is possible. We can move mountains. We can steer ships. We can go to the moon with AI because anything is possible. You can take somebody from the streets in the cracks of Chirac and generate generational wealth in multiple directions because of AI. Whatever happened to those commercials? (laughs) I don't know. I I need... I shouldn't have said Chirac. I think he should. I should have just said Chicago. But um, need those commercials back. Shout out to Common. <laughs> AI, uh, anything is possible. Uh, thank you for that tagline. I think Adidas is going to want some money there. But um, yeah, so <laughs> that, that rounds us <laughs> out today on the Sports Take Atlanta Seed Talk. Uh, as always, we had an interview with Devin Hurt uh, last week from uh, Prediction Strike. Definitely check out that interview. Really cool interview. Really great to meet um, him and understand what they are trying to accomplish there with the sports um, stock market there, athlete sports market, I should say. Um, as always, you can find us on Spotify. You can find myself at Steamac. You can find Taylor at TaylorMac29. We also put the clips on YouTube. So if you're, you know, you miss anything, you can find a lot of the clips, especially from some of the interviews on our YouTube channel at Sports Tech Atlanta. Uh, as well as on Instagram at Sports Tech Atlanta Media. So we appreciate it. Continue to listen, subscribe, follow, and we'll see you on the next edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Sea Talk.